everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid Podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Soteri, reunited with Doominal Crossing. Doom, how are you? I, uh, I had a chance to listen to only some of the episode last week that you did with Al. It's, uh, sounded like, uh, you know what, maybe I'll play the Star Wars game one day. You might have convinced me. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know that you're no... You're pretty down on Star Wars recently, which I mean, I totally understand. I'm, I'm not gonna lie; even I've been feeling it with uh, Mandalorian season three. If I'm being completely honest, just a huge uh, nosedive after the first two seasons. But I mean, you know, that aside, like you know, yeah, this game was just such a huge surprise to me. I, I think it was a really nice return to form for single-player Star Wars games, uh, and I'm so happy that you know we finally got to cover it on the podcast. Very excited for the sequel, and I do hope that someday. Uh, you uh, are convinced to try because I genuinely do think that you'll that you'll enjoy it. Um, you know, I, I I might I might try it. It's not like I don't actively like I, I like Star Wars. I I'm like a Star Wars fan, but I think the thing about Star Wars for me has always been I feel like I should be like a super fan of Star Wars because it, it's kind of like everything I like. But there's a lot of like silliness that makes me just kind of not be like a, a huge fan of it, and I think. I think, like, the, the overabundance of Star Wars stuff now is just, like, I'm, like, it's it's too much. It's too much. Let me yeah. back off. Um, yeah, but, it's, no lo- it's no longer, like, this event. Like, w- when a Star Wars film came out, it used to be, like, an event that you yeah. were going to see. But nowadays, just, like, oh, okay, new Star Wars thing is out. All right. Yeah. Um, even, when it, even when it's really good, like Andor, which I think is, like, one of the best Star Wars projects ever created. Like, you know, Andor, it doesn't really have that same you know, event status that, like, you know, say when Episode 3 came out. Or even Force Awakens, like, that was a huge event when that came out. Uh, So Allison has been chipping away at me and chipping away at me to play this game as well. So I I think, I think for the right price, uh, I I might grab it. Or if it ever came to Switch, I'd probably grab it, but... uh... Well, I mean, the game is, like, pretty frequently on sale for, like, I think $6, so, like, you can can get it and that's like on you know pretty much every platform except switch unfortunately but still yeah so yeah i know that's tough i i'm, I'm kind of turning into one of those guys where it's like uh if it's if it's not on switch the chances are of me playing it is like significantly lower like i have to like block aside time if i'm gonna play a game that's not on switch where uh, switch i can kind of play upstairs with my on my couch with my dog or anything like that but uh that that is neither here nor there um it's good to be back on the show. Took a week off last week, and uh, I'm excited to talk yeah, we, about what we got going on today, which is a bunch. Yeah, we of... were we were both sick last week, unfortunately. Yeah, we were well, a, a little bit behind the scenes. So that Star Wars show was recorded uh, a couple months ago now. I think I think January 27th is when we recorded it, according to the file data. Yeah. So yeah, it's been. It's been locked away in the vault for a while. We were saving it for uh, a couple weeks before the the release of Jedi Survivor. Jedi Survivor. Yep. And uh, yeah, last week we were a little bit under the weather, so uh, that is uh, a nice little bullet in our chamber. But today we're fully back on the Metroid train. We are diving into a bunch of different Metroid-themed questions and musings and, and other um, other topics from our creators over on OmegaMetroid.com. But first... I want to talk very, very, very briefly, very briefly about the Super Mario Bros. movie. I saw it on Friday night. You saw it on Friday night. I think that, and we're going to, so also, we're going to do a a show on the Super Mario Bros. movie. Me, Doom, and Dak, we're all going to get together, get our thoughts. And if you follow me and my podcast, we're going to have a massive 
blowout episode on this uh, Super Mario Bros. movie over on Virtual Theater, the podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. But really quickly, for free, I feel like we should just kind of tell everybody our just well, like very well, we, basic well, we should, impressions. Well, we should tell everyone as well. It's going to be uh, for our, patri- our patrons. Yes. Like, we should yes. clarify that as well. Like, yes, this won't sorry. be... A regular Omega Metroid episode. Yeah, they, this this month's uh, bonus show is going to be on the Super Mario Bros. movie. And so I don't want to give too much away, but I do have a lot of thoughts. And, and I think the biggest takeaway that I had was this movie was exactly what I thought it would be, which isn't a bad thing, but it, it, it went down easy. It was safe. It was probably what needed... It, it, this is probably the movie that needed to kick off Nintendo's re-entry into Hollywood. So I think on many, many levels, it was a big success. Yeah, so uh, from my... First off, I just want to say, like, these past three weeks have just been banger release after banger release. Like, three weeks ago, or, or no, no, two weeks ago now, we had John Wick 4, which, uh, which is just peak cinema absolutely peak cinema you should also check out our episode on virtual theater by the way about john mcfore absolutely that was a really good episode i really enjoyed that um and of course uh rest in peace to the legendary lance reddick yeah that's but um and uh and then the week after that we had dungeons and dragons which really surprised the hell out of me that was a really fun movie i had a lot of fun watching that um so i would definitely uh if you haven't checked that movie out i give that my fullest recommendation it's just a good time at theater and then of course a couple days ago, we saw the Super Mario Brothers movie. I got all dressed up with my homies for the occasion. Uh, we uh, we did we did the whole like minion suit meme that thing that happened last year. We we did that ourselves, and it was a <laughs> so it was a good it was a good time. And uh, yeah, I pretty much I feel like I pretty much echo a lot of your sentiments, Andy. I feel like I feel like both you, me, and Dak are pretty much in agreement on our thoughts in the movie. And this won't make sense until you see the movie, but I don't think. I don't think the Super Mario Brothers movie is a good movie, but it's such a fun movie. And that's like the best way that like I can describe the experience. It's not so much as a movie as it is a collection of scenes that like kind of string together this kind of weird amalgamation of what it's trying to um of like a kind of half conceived plot together. I, I can like, see what you're saying. I actually don't know that I would yeah. agree with that. But we'll we'll save we'll save that uh, that discussion for a later date. I do want to say really quickly, I think that there is three guaranteed movies that are coming out. Obviously the sequel to the Mario Bros. movie. That's a hundred percent a given a hundred percent. And I think, I think we, we both talked about this. It's going to be based off or at least loosely based off a particular 3d Mario game. That's the kind of the vibe Mm -hmm. I got. I think that there is for sure going to be a Donkey Kong movie, which Mm-hmm. I'm actually not as excited about um, after seeing the Mario Bros. movie. That's I'll leave that at, at that for my yeah. little snippet. And I think that there's going to for sure be a Luigi's Mansion movie. Like, for sure. There was, all, there was almost a little proof of concept, little bit in that movie where it was very Luigi's Mansion-like. I think they're going to run with it. And I think that would be a great, fun movie. And, I, and then I think you're going to see movies like Kirby or Splatoon or Animal Crossing... Don't know so much about Metroid. Don't know so much about Zelda. I think that would have to be a different tone in order for that to work. But, Absolutely. But I think it could be. I think it could be done. I feel like a Splatoon. A, a lot of people are not mentioning Splatoon when it comes to upcoming. I feel like a Splatoon movie. 
I think is it, like I think really like, a really safe bet. I think it's almost especially, inevitable. Especially for like Japanese audiences, like Splatoon is freaking massive in Japan. I mean, it's huge here too, though. Like it's mm-hmm. it's, it's exactly. one of Nintendo's like A list series. So I I have no doubt. I I think a Splatoon movie could be coming sooner rather than later. Actually, like I wouldn't be if if they if Nintendo was like if they did Mario and they did Donkey Kong and then they their next big project was like okay our next movie is Splatoon. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I and honestly, I'd be interested in that. I think there's a lot of things you could do with Splatoon, especially because like, yeah. on the surface, it feels like a kids' game, but like underneath the surface, it's like an absolutely lore-rich like series. And there's also like all sorts of spinoff graphic novels and comics and all that and mangas. And so, yeah, I think there's, I think there's a lot you can work with there. I just think it would be like a fun movie. Like the soundtrack would be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. The just like the color and the visual of it, like all the paint and stuff like that would be super, super fun. You have like the, uh, I forget their names, but like the twin singer or whatever. Like there's just like a lot of the like, squid quirk- sisters. Yeah. There, there's just like a lot of potential for like quirky, fun stories and stuff like that. So I, I, I feel actually like, think it could be huge. I, I feel like you could just basically turn it into a nineties Nickelodeon cartoon. I feel like, yeah. like that's like totally the vibe you could go with it. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to, uh, to see that come see. The only movie I wouldn't go see is Kirby. I ain't seeing that Kirby movie. I don't care how good it is. Probably wouldn't be very good at all, but uh, anyways. So yeah, but I don't know about Metroid. And I'm and I'm unsure about Zelda. I think Zelda's more likely, but... Uh, Zelda's absolutely more likely than Metroid. Like, that's absolutely no contest. It would, it would need a different tone. Not that it couldn't be done by Illumination. I think they could, but it would need... It would need like a more how do I say this like a more Pixar-y tone maybe. Kind yeah, of. I don't. Well, I don't even see it being like in that style either. I see it more like like if I saw like a Zelda animated movie or a TV show, I feel like it would be more. I feel like it would be like more anime style. I think it would look like more a Ghibli like, film. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Maybe maybe like not full full Ghibli, but like close. Because I mean that's pretty much a style Breath of the Wild is in, and I think that's yeah. a style that. Most, I mean, they they could do uh, an Illumination style movie if they went like the Toon Link route. That could work, but I, I don't see them doing that. I don't know if I see them doing that either. I don't know if I would want them to do that. Uh, maybe maybe you could do that like after you made a couple of Zelda movies. Uh, it, w- it would be a Wind Waker reveal all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which uh, God, I still remember that, and that was like over twenty years ago. So. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think the future is very, very exciting for uh, Nintendo film projects, and obviously there's going to be, I think that this is the one that, that gets the, the floodgates rolling, so to speak, for Nintendo specifically. Obviously, video game movies have been the hot thing for the last couple years, but man, the success that the Mario Bros. movie is having at the box office, I think it's just like... It's it's literally, um the, the box office numbers just came out today as, as of recording this. I believe... Uh, Domestically, it made like over two hundred fifty million dollars, and then worldwide, it made over three hundred and seventy million. It's literally the biggest opening of an animated film of all time. Like, uh, I, 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 I think Nintendo might be uh, considering their options when it comes to films right now. I, I think so. Um, I think so. So I, I don't think like a, I really don't think a Metroid movie is off the table. Eventually, I, I, I can't say if we're talking like using Marvel as an analogy. Maybe it's like the the Ant Man, or it's like the like uh-huh. it's it's further along, and it's maybe a little bit of a 
I don't want to say B tier, but you know what I mean. Like it's not like you're Captain America or Iron Man or something yeah. like that. Um, so hey, hey, who knows? And uh, you know the the success of the Super Mario Bros. movie can only lead to good things for the rest of Nintendo's IPs. So there you go. Yeah, and and I think and I again like to echo my thoughts. Even though I said that I don't think it's a good movie, this movie is so much fun, and I had an absolutely blast watching this movie, and I'm going to watch it again and again. And when I say that, I don't mean that in a way like, oh, it's so bad that it's good. No, like, I had genuine fun watching the movie. Yeah. Like, I like I want I want to make that like really clear. Oh like, yeah. It's a uh, really it's a really fun time. I, I had a Especially, smile on my face for most of it. Yeah. The more the more of a Mario. Honestly, that's probably the best way that I can sum this up. This is not a film that's made for moviegoers. It's a film that's made for Mario fans. And if you, the more of a Mario fan you are, the more fun you're going to have with this movie. And Mario is one of my favorite characters, so. Yeah. That's what that's what I will leave it at that and yeah. save the rest for our Patreon episode. Yeah. Leave it at that. I, I think I think we gave some good insight here. More insight mm-hmm. than I was uh, expecting to share, but yeah, I I just I think that there's a lot to be excited about. It's, it's fun and uh, you know, it it's a kids movie, so if you go into it with the right expectations, um I think you're gonna have a good time. So yeah, it was uh, it was good. It was good. I saw like this is the last thing I want to mention though. I saw I think it was the Game Awards on Twitter said like what's a uh, what's a better adaptation, the Mario Bros movie or The Last of Us? And I was like, you could not pick like two more polar <laughs> opposite adaptations to compare and contrast. Like come on. But like like, like compared to like the Sonic movies, like that makes sense, you know? These blow the Sonic movies out of the water. I'm I'm gonna say. Not even I, close. I don't, don't first, even don't. I don't even want to hear it. Oh, God. the first Sonic movie, yes, but Sonic Two, I don't know. I I really I know I I like the Sonic Two movie more oh. than you and Goo do, but I I thought that the first Sonic was like far better than the second one. Actually, what I, I did, yeah, I did. I don't know why. I think maybe there's too much gimmickry in the second one, or there's too many. Like, when they were singing Uptown Funk or whatever, I was just like, I want to die watching this. But anyways, let's... That, so, aside from that scene and the um, and the wedding scene, like, aside from those two scenes, I was like, okay, you could have cut this out of the movie. Aside from that, I was having an absolute blast with Sonic 2. Well, I don't know. I was going to say maybe I'm due for a rewatch, but uh, if I'm going to be honest, I'm not rewatching that film, so... Like, take Sonic 2 and give it the, give it the music treatment that the Mario movie had... And remove those two scenes, absolute perfection in my opinion. You know what would have made the this Mario Bros. movie like an absolute masterpiece best of all time is if they had the iconic Mario Scoot theme <sighs> from the 1993 version. And to everyone watching this, first of all, there is a surprising amount of parallels between the new movie and the 93 Mario Bros. movie. Like, there, there actually is. There actually is. And if you have <laughs> never watched that movie, don't listen to what anyone tells you. Go and watch it because it's actually awesome. And I'm not talking like it's awesome and it's so bad, it's good way. It's legitimately one of my favorite movies of all time. And I will die. I don't die on a lot of hills, but I'm going to die on that hill. So... <laughs> There we go. Okay, next on the Super Mario podcast, we're going to talk about some Metroid here. So. <laughs> uh, I actually, I started playing Super Mario Galaxy uh, yesterday. It just, the urge hit me, so there we go. Um, I mean, but, hey, you know, playing one of the greatest games ever made. It really is. It, it, Super Mario Galaxy is so fun. Like, it's, it, like, there might, there might not be another game that I think is, like, purely as fun 
as Mario Galaxy. It's it's yeah. so awesome. All right. Let's talk about some Metroid here. And uh, we're going to go down the list. We're going to talk about a bunch of different Metroid music topics. And I feel like we should start off with a banger uh, that I, I think is a banger. And I think it's a question that we don't have an answer to now. And we can speculate on and we can theorize on. But we maybe we won't ever have an answer to it. Maybe we won't. Uh, we'll, we'll be looking back at this at a long time. Um, but a couple weeks ago, we did a show. And we were talking about, hey, is this the start of a new golden age for the Metroid series. And I think it I think it kind of is. And we all kind of agreed that the start of it really kind of coincided with when Metroid Dread was announced slash launched. And now I guess the question that uh, it's a really interesting question, what game do you think is going to have more of a lasting impact on the trajectory of the Metroid series, Metroid Dread or Metroid Prime Remastered? Because I think that there is a compelling case for both. Um, so I don't know. Maybe before I, I make the case for either one, what is your just initial thoughts on, on that statement? Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you could easily make a, a solid argument for either, and like either argument would be really convincing, at least right now in the short term. Yeah. You know, once we look at... I feel like once we give it like five, ten more years and we look back on it, we'll have a more clear, definitive answer. But right now, yeah, I feel like both games you know, have very relevant pieces and, like, you know, just kind of the ov- the general overall trajectory. Personal fans might have their own opinions. I mean, you know, obviously as a Metroid fan, you know, Metroid Dread is kind of like this game that shouldn't even be possible to exist right now. And so mm-hmm. that, you know, for a lot of people, myself included, that alone might make this game more special. But obviously we're talking about the general trajectory of, you know, Metroid's relevancy in the game in gaming culture, not on an individual level within the fan community. And I think because of that for now, I'm actually going to go with Prime Remastered, which again, that could change long run, um, especially once we um, finally see those sales figures because we don't have information on that yet. I thought no. I, I thought we were going to get that last week, but I guess I misheard because we haven't gotten another financial uh, report from uh, NCL yet. But I'm assu- that should be coming soon, sometime this month, so... Uh, once we see those financial numbers, uh, I might change my answer then. Um, so yeah, so there's there's very very basic basic numbers. Um, like I I want to say like within a week, it would, like we had like the very like just again basic numbers out of Japan. Obviously, Metroid isn't like you know incredibly popular in Japan. Um, there is a chart that, uh, that came out, but it, there's no actual numbers attached to it with, uh, with Metroid Prime Remastered. And I think it was like the number two debut uh, behind the, behind the Harry Potter game. Um, so like, I think there's a, like a, a I think when we get those sales numbers, they're going to be pretty positive and they're going to be pretty, you know, pretty make make a good case for Metroid Prime Remastered being this. But I guess like, so when I look at Metroid Prime Remastered, I, I think that, you can make the case for that game because I think it's probably going to do sales-wise about as well as Metro Dread, maybe more, just because of the lower price point and because how it was just like readily available right there to buy uh, digitally. I think that's going to be, I think that's going to work in its favor. Obviously, the quality of the game, obviously the look of the game, and and I think what's more important than like how well the game actually does is like how well the game like looks and moves like I, cause I think that when people think of Metroid, like they think of some pretty hardware pushing games 
And not that Metroid Dread doesn't look spectacular, it does, of course, but, like, Metroid Prime Remastered is, is probably the best-looking Nintendo game ever. You could, like, you could throw in Luigi's Mansion 3. I think I think Pikmin 3 looks incredible. Uh, Pikmin 4 is, is on on track to look about as good. A um, couple other games that, that look just, like, really spectacular, but for my money, I, I don't think that there's a Nintendo game that's ever looked quite as spectacular as as metroid prime remastered so i think from the yeah and the question is what game is going to make a bigger impact so i think when you weigh that in and and just like the the technical prowess of it combined with the all like the control options like i think this is clearly going to be the blueprint for metroid prime 4 going forward um i think you have a real case for that and i think i think that it's going to bring in a lot of fans and make a lot of fans that maybe wouldn't have tried Metroid Prime 4, even if they played Metroid Dread, they may, they may not have played Metroid Prime 4 because they're very different style games. I think that playing Metroid Prime Remastered is, is kind of like proof of concept and be like, okay, this is what Prime, if this is anything what Prime 4 is going to look like, it's going to be awesome, it's going to look great, it's going to have a bunch of different control options. So I think that's the case for Metroid Prime Remastered, and I think it's a pretty compelling case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that 100%. I don't have anything else to add. On the flip side, I would say that Metroid Dread is, you know, has a pretty compelling case for itself. Obviously, uh, we have a little bit more data on this game and a little bit more facts. So we can look back to it and say, like, this is the best-selling Metroid game ever. So by definition, we are assuming that this game probably creates, like, a lot of new Metroid fans that have never played a Metroid game before. It got a big spotlight uh, at E3. I mean, so did Metroid Prime Remastered during a Nintendo Direct. But it got a big spotlight. It was it was hyped up. And, uh, it, and it did deliver on the sales front. And I think it arguably perfected the gameplay of like 2D Metroid. And, and that's very clearly going to be the blueprint going forward. Not only that, but I think that that game was so strong that I, I could really see Nintendo making, like, a pitch to buy Mercury Steam and really, like, locking them in going forward uh, as well. So, like, I think based off the strength of that game, you're going to see this new developer that's going to be locked in, working on Metroid, working on maybe other stuff. This is conjecture, of course, but, like, I, I think that that's a possibility. And we know, based on the sales numbers, that this game brought in a lot of new Metroid fans. So I think that that is kind of the case for Metroid Dread. Um, so I, I, I think that they could both, I think they both have really compelling arguments and I still haven't convinced myself one way or the other, actually. So I'm not sure. Well, well, I'll actually add on to that as well. Like, you know, the game, like, obviously the game was, you know, high quality, but it was so high quality that it was nominated for game of the year, which I don't think, you know, um, I don't want to say a lot of us were expecting, but there was definitely like a kind of a coin flip on whether or not we thought that it would get a nomination, but I mean, it, it did. And it even won the uh, best action adventure game, which was also like a huge surprise for a lot of us. I, I thought it, I thought it would get nominated, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> well, twenty twenty one was just kind of like a weak year, I think in general. There wasn't a yeah. whole lot that came out that year. But um, I mean, you're right. Like it got like a big time exposure for the series. So I, I, I definitely think that there's arguments to be made for both, and ideally both are working in tandem, which I think is just you know creating new Metroid fans is, is kind of the idea here. I think it, it almost depends on Metroid Prime 4, really, like, to see how well... Because I think if Metroid Prime 4 has, like, a huge smashing success, like, I don't know, 10 million copies sold, 
then I think you can look back and be like, wow, Metroid Prime Remastered must have really... That is not happening, just FYI. There's no way Prime 4 sells 10. I'm just, I'm throwing the, actually, according to our pal Dak, he, he has said 10 a couple different times, but yes, uh, but I'm, but throwing, throwing that out there as like a number, right? Like if it, how about this? If it sells 5 million, uh, yes. if, if it sells if 5 Prime, million, if Prime sell, if Prime 4 sells 5 million, that's, that's going to be a huge changing moment for the series. Um, and I, and I think you could look back and credit some of that to the strength of Metro Prime Remastered. I, I think mm-hmm. that you could probably do that. But I I also think like if the next 2D Metroid comes out and builds off of what Metroid Dread has done, maybe you know maybe you look back at that and say like, well, the momentum really started here. And I guess maybe you could even look at Metroid Prime Remastered and credit some of that momentum to Metroid Dread. Um, you know, a friend of mine actually yeah. who's been posting in our Discord the last couple of days, she was just like, yep, I beat Metroid Prime for the first time, and uh, my first Metroid game was Metroid Dread. So I, I think there's maybe more of those fans than than we might imagine. So I, I agree. I've seen I've seen a lot of that online too as well. So yeah, maybe it, I, it's a, maybe I'm gonna say a, Metroid it's a tough Dread battle. Yeah, <laughs> I think I might have to say Metroid Dread just based on that. I, th- I think it's gonna have a bigger impact going forward. But I think that they're both equally gonna have like a really huge just uh, footprint on the Metroid series um, because I think I think both of them probably created a lot of new fans individually. And then together, hopefully, they can... Like, I feel like Metroid at some point almost kind of needs to merge. Like, it's Prime and regular mainline series. I don't know. To not merge, but, like, I feel like there's fans of the Prime series. I feel like there's fans of the 2D series. And maybe there should be a little bit more crossover to, like, get those fans to, to go back and forth and play both of them. I don't know. I kind of I kind of feel like it's there's something similar with um, Zelda, though. Because I feel like... Maybe I'm incorrect, but I feel like the top-down Zeldas don't quite do as well as like the the more three D. Certainly not Breath of the Wild, but that's like in a whole other league of its lo- of its own in terms yeah. of sales. But like, and, and maybe maybe I'm wrong on this, but I get the feeling that kind of like the top-down Zeldas don't get you know the kind of discussion online as like you know the you know your Skyward Swords and your Twilight Princesses, your Wind Wakers, your Ocarinas, stuff like that. Well, I mean, you're right, you're right, and, but and they also have released for like handheld so i i think the perception is that you know these are like lesser important games which is which is probably true you know even and not to say anything about the quality of them but it's it's probably true um but yeah so i i think i don't know it's a really interesting question i think you could really argue both ways and i think that there there's no right or wrong answer um but it is it is interesting to think about i was i was pondering this the other night and Maybe my answer for now, I, well, I'll stick with Metroid Dread because because I do think that there might be more of those instances where somebody played Prime Remastered because they played Metroid Dread, um, and then they're going to go on to play Metroid Prime Four. So it might give it the slight edge. But if I saw if I saw those Metroid Prime Remastered sales figures tomorrow and they were like two point five million, I might change my answer. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind. That's kind of where I'm at too. I, th- I think I agree with that. Like, I need to see those prime remastered sales figures, but I don't know. I'm feeling. I'm feeling optimistic on those sales numbers. I don't know how big or smaller they're going to be, but just from what we've seen with like you know, when you know for the first month or so, it was like number one in the eShop for like yeah. a, almost a month straight. And then even recently, I checked the eShop um, last week, and it was still at like number seven, which. Which Andy, I know you're going to be happy about this, but the uh, the it. Kirby the it. Kirby remaster dropped to 18th. 
Yeah, I remember. I remember <laughs> because there was a Kirby game that supplanted it at number one for for a day or so, and I was just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah. So yeah, like the the Kirby the Kirby remaster already fell there. Prime is still in the top ten, at least as of last week. It might not still be there right now, for all I know. Well, we'll we'll see. I I mean, I think that the price point is is certainly going to help it. I I mm-hmm. I'm still like shocked that this game was there are the price there are actually there are actually some people online wrong people who still think forty dollars is too much for this game and like I I mean hey you can't please everyone yeah I don't I don't know what to tell you if if you think that this is uh, not worth forty bucks like give your head a shake but um, I, I think that is going to help it I do think that. In a weird way, I think that the shortage of physical copies almost create like I hate that Nintendo does this, but like they they create a FOMO about their about their games, right? And it's like I think that there's a lot of people looking for Metroid Prime Remastered that I don't know, maybe they're not Metroid fans necessarily, but like this is the new hot game and they don't want to miss out on it. And even if you're just a collector, it's like, okay, I got to have the physical copy. Almost similar to Mario 3D All-Stars when it came out. Um I think that's like a small percentage, but I mean, at the very least, it's kind of creating buzz because then you keep on hearing like, hey, Best Buy has it back in stock. Amazon has it back in stock. So it, it kind of has a gets like the name out there for it. If nothing else, maybe not in the best way, but like the name is out there. So I don't know. To, to be fair, I I think that was only like the first, but like I think someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like now nowadays you can find them pretty commonly in stock at most retailers amazon yeah. most certainly um and not 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 only just because you know it's been a few months and nintendo has more time to resupply but also now we have uh re4 which is kind of the new big game that's like that has everyone's attention so it's no longer you know it's no longer prime remastered taking up the entire spotlight yeah and and that's fair um which is crazy by the way that uh i was about to say the next big game but like the next big game coming out is tears of the kingdom which is in a month which seems absolutely surreal to me but uh anyways so yeah, yeah we I, got some we got some good games on the horizon i don't know if i would actually go that far i feel like after tears of the kingdom there's pikmin 4 and like there's i don't know what else is coming out this year but anyways i i, I think tears of the kingdom will probably be enough to hold me over for the rest of 2023 if nothing else so I'm just I'm just excited because uh, when Jedi Survivor and Tears of the Kingdom come out, I'm gonna almost be graduated, and so I'm gonna be able to finally have so much free time to dedicate to both of these games that I'm very much looking forward to. Hell yeah! Uh, you know, let me ask you a question. I can't remember if we talked about this on the show or in Discord, so I'm just gonna repeat my question right now. If what would be? I think someone else asked us this also. By the way, it's not my question. What would be a number sales wise, sales figures wise for Metroid Prime Remastered that would be disappointing? your expectations and completely blow expectations out of the water. Did we talk about this on the podcast or in discord? I think we, we definitely discord. talked about it. We definitely talked about it on discord. Okay. Um, disappointing. If we got sales figures for primary mastered and it was like 1.5, 1. 1. 5, 1.5 million. I'd be, I'd be kind of disappointed. I would be too. Two, 2 million, 2.5. That would be like, all right, we're, we're solid. This is good. Three point three three million plus. I would be like, Holy crap! Okay, we're we're in this now. <laughs> my expectations, we're rolling. We're cooking. My expectations are higher than yours because I I think one point okay. five would be disappointing. I I think if it didn't beat out the original Metroid Prime sales sales figures, that would be disappointing. On a, you know what? Honestly, that well, I'm talking. 
I'm talking about when we see the first sales report. Are you talking like total sales in general, like lifetime? I, I guess I am. Yeah, I guess I am. Okay. Well, because that definitely changes my that definitely changes my answer. I would be yeah. I w- I would agree then. Yeah. Anything below, anything below two point eight. So basically, so basically anything below three million. If I'm being honest, anything below three million lifetime, I would be very disappointed. And then, you know, honestly, what I, I, anything. Yeah. Anything above. Yeah, and then anything above four million, that would be that would be a mind blowing for me. So that so between three to four million, that's kind of like my hopeful lifetime expectation for me. So I'm I'm kind of thinking like like I I think lifetime if it sells less than the first Metroid Prime on GameCube, I think that's disappointing. Lifetime, I expect it to match at least Metroid Dread, like at least, and I would say four is like what I expect. I think lifetime, like if it sell if it sells over five million, I would be like, wow, this is a smash success, and I think that's possible. I really do. I think that's possible. So if it does that, I think that the going all the way around back to our original question, I think the answer to our question of which game has more impact is definitely Metroid Prime Remastered because I I think Metroid Dread is kind of where it is now. Like I I don't think it's gonna get. A, a big a big bump. Maybe when the next Metroid game comes out and some people want to catch up on Metroid Dread, maybe if they put it on sale. But I like I don't think it's gonna be like I don't think it's gonna sell another million copies in its lifetime, right? Like yeah. I think I think it's kind of where it's gonna be, which is like three ish million, three mm-hmm. probably three point five million or something like that right now, which is a, which is a great success, a great success. Yep. Um. So I kind of expect Metroid Prime Remastered to build on that, specifically for the cheaper price point, specifically because a lot of people, I'm sure, impulsively bought it during that Direct, which was great marketing on Nintendo's behalf. Um, and and a lot so yeah. of and a lot of idiots like us bought multiple copies. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, to be to be fair, I was going to anyways. I was yeah. going to anyways. I, I mean, yeah, but. Uh, um, all right, so so that's one question in the bag. Let's uh, let's keep on going. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about some other stuff here. Uh, we're gonna get, we're gonna throw it over to some other Metroid musings from our Omega Metroid staff, and this one is by our pal Dakota Lasky, who could not be here with us today. But uh, shout out to you, buddy. I miss you. Um, should Samus keep all of her upgrades at the beginning of Metroid Six? So for as long as I've known Deck, he has been a proponent about. Samus Keeper upgrades, Samus Keeper upgrades, Samus Keeper upgrades. And I don't agree, but I don't disagree inherently. Before I elaborate on my answer, what do you think, Doom? Where, where do you weigh in on this? I, I actually think I agree with that answer. Like, I don't agree nor disagree. I feel like I feel like in my head, I can't really think of how you do that, but, I, but I'm open to ideas, and I think with the right pitch, like, you could totally convince me. That you get to have that. Mm. Maybe, um, and and I, I've pitched it before with a potential... I think if Metroid went kind of like a Breath of the Wild, like eons into the future or something like that, I feel like there's a way that you could do that where like you get most of your upgrades at the at the beginning and then you kind of just use those um, in um, in tandem with like the physics system and like all that, kind of like what Breath of the Wild does. And so even though you're not really getting new upgrades, you still feel like you're progressing as a character. I feel like you, there's a way you could do that with Metroid. I don't know if you could do that with 2D Metroid, though. I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of how... Well, while I think of how you could do that. This is this is my answer. 
So I I kind of don't agree in the sense that like like getting the power ups in those power ups unlocking more of the map like is Metroid. So I think if you start off with all of that, like you're you're kind of defeating the purpose, and you're just more or less making like a, a straightforward action game versus kind of like a, a Metroidvania, which is a nice mix of action, puzzle, uh, exploration, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I do think. I could probably okay be okay with like never having to get the morph ball again, never having to get missiles, never having to get the charge shot, never having to get the high jump boots. Like I think those basic upgrades should stay with you unless there's a great storyline reason for why they shouldn't. And I think like when I think of the best examples of Samus losing her powers, I think of like uh, Metroid Prime Two, even Metroid Prime Three. I think is is pretty a good reason. Um, so if it makes well, sense, she, well, she doesn't lose, she doesn't lose her powers in prime three. She, it's just, it's kind of like the 2d Metroids well, well, yeah, early ones, where she just kind of starts with some upgrades and doesn't, and there's no really explanation given. Okay, well, maybe I'll X that off my list and go back. I think Metro prime two is probably the best, like the best example where the ink just like steal all of her different power-ups and stuff like that. So I think if there's like a good storyline reason, it can be cool. Um, but I, like, I, I wouldn't want to, like, start off the game with, like, the screw attack, the space jump, the the speed boost. Like, I, I do think that those abilities should be, like, rewarding for, for a player to find or, like, rewarding for for you to, like, achieve and get. Um, I think, like, if you started off with all your abilities, you would, I, I mean, I think, you would just have to essentially, like, replace those abilities that you already have with new different abilities, which, which maybe sounds fine, but, uh, it, it would be hard to, like, to see that in practice, because you're talking, like, a dozen maybe new abilities that would kind of have to also have, like, a huge impact on the game's world, because, like, the speed boost has, like, a, a, an incredible impact on how you move and how you can operate and do puzzles and stuff like that. If you just have that from the hop, and maybe there's a new ability, I, I don't know, I feel like it kind of takes away from that a little bit. So, mm-hmm. I, I agree and disagree. Like, I think that she should start with her basic abilities. I don't need to, you know, we don't need to get missiles again. I don't think ever. Um, but some of the more advanced abilities, I, I do think that they should they should still keep them behind locked doors, so to speak. And maybe what maybe what the they really need to do is, instead of focusing on, well, should Samus start with her abilities or not, focus on a reason why she shouldn't, like a storyline reason why she should not. There's also, I, I know we've talked about Jedi Survivor, at least I've brought it up, but Jedi Survivor is a Metroidvania in the sense that, you know, you, you know, you have various different maps and you, uh, you unlock new abilities to unlock new paths to progress these maps as you move forward in the game. Mm-hmm. Unlike Metroid, though, Jedi, um, the, the Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi, Jedi Survivor is obviously very um, narratively driven as well. Whereas, you know, Metroid, it's very lore driven. There isn't. You know, there isn't that much focus put on the narrative. Very different with the um, with the Jedi series. And I'm not sure what they're doing with Survivor, because I've been, you know, avoiding, like, a lot of the gameplay and trailers and whatnot. So I don't know if they're making you recollect all those abilities throughout the game again, or if you're going to start out with all of them and just collect new stuff throughout the game. So I feel like once I play that, I, that might also influence on how maybe to proceed in that direction mm-hmm. with the Metroid game. So, I'll see. I guess I I don't see it happening. I wouldn't be crushed if it never happened. 
it is kind of annoying having to get the morph ball, having to get the missiles, all that, all that stuff. But like, honestly, even- I was just gonna say, honestly, I think I think the prime three method is fine. Just have Samus start off with you know some of her more a traditional upgrades like the space jump, you know, uh, yeah. keep her keep her morph ball and whatnot, and just just leave it at that. Don't bring it up. Don't mention it. You know, I was gonna say too, like even a Metro Dread. Like you, yeah, you kind of have like the flimsy like ability amnesia gimmick that that. I, I mean, feel like whatever, I feel like right? that was more. I, I feel like that was more just a Ravenbeak excuse and not like a yeah. legit like reasoning. Like I feel like that was just Raven Ravenbeak just kind of improvising. Like uh uh yeah I, I don't know amnesia so, you know like yeah. Well, I mean, what it really was was like Nintendo just being like, yeah, we want to make you go get all the same stuff again, but yeah. we're, we're gonna call it <laughs> something. But like even that, like I I actually thought it was like really like fun like to to navigate the world like it held back the morph ball for like a really long time and it really mm-hmm. like kind of changed how you how you navigated that game so like maybe that's you know it, it it's annoying trying, trying to get all those abilities and stuff like that but like maybe sometimes you do hold back bombs or you do hold back morph ball and that can make it pretty fun like i played some metro rom hacks where like there is no bombs in the game and it's like it completely changes how you kind of view metroid I feel like maybe there's other things you can do with that concept as well. Like maybe not take away items from Samus, but maybe like put Samus in areas where she can't use the items or if she yeah, does. Maybe. Like you know what I'm th- I'm thinking of aliens where they have to where they have to um use flamethrowers only because if they if if they could cause a nuclear meltdown if yeah. they accidentally um fire in the I, I I could see Metroid doing something kind of like that maybe. Maybe that's what they should have done another M to make the authorization gimmick a little bit more bearable. <laughs> that could have been okay, but I digress. Um, okay, let's move on. This is from our pal Daniel, a.k.a. A Fallen Apple. Um, should Samus have a drone ability? And uh, so so his idea here is like, as, as kind of like a little... Imagine, imagine Navi, the fairy, except it's a drone with Samus. Um... And my initial thought is no. My initial thought is no. One, because it reminds me of Federation Force, which <laughs> I don't like. Two, because I feel like it's a lesser version of an already great idea, which was to have the baby Metroid float around you in Samus Returns. And three, I don't know. I just don't really like it. I guess that's my. I guess that's my third reason. It it kind of reminds me. Like I think that there is some really cool utility with having a drone in Axiom Verge, but like. That would feel like a really big ripoff of, of that game to me, especially if you could like teleport with it and stuff like that. I don't know. I I think I think I would be okay passing on this, to be honest. So that's not at all the first thing that came to my mind. Andy, have you ever heard of a game called Recore? No. Well, yes, I've heard of it, but I I don't really know anything about it. Well, I, I so recore it's a really interesting game i still need to complete it one of these days because i have i haven't played in about a year where where i'm at but basically um honestly i think it's a game that maybe one day we could do an inspired by metroid on because it's by um it's by armature studios which is uh which is a studio founded by a lot of former ex retro studio employees Hmm. uh as well as um uh keiji inafuda uh the director of a lot of the Mega Man games uh for better or worse (laughs) but but yeah game um the game is the game is kind of a mess, but like it has a lot of really interesting concepts in it. And the big the big key mechanic is um, the core bot that that goes with you in this game. And there's like various different forms. Like there's a dog form, there's a gorilla form, there's like a spider form, and they all have different abilities. 
that um, that can interact with your that that can interact with your main character, whether it's attack abilities or movement abilities and stuff like that. Right. And I can't see something exactly like that in a Metroid. I feel like tonally, like Recore and Metroid are very different in terms of their in terms of their tone. But like, I might see something like that. Honestly, when I think when I think of drone abilities, I think more of the uh, the ship abilities from Prime Three, and that's something I absolutely want to see expanded. Yeah, so, but I, I don't. I don't feel like I think of that when I think of drone. I I think of like a little thing that like is is like a companion for you. I I could be down with what you're suggesting, like the having like something that maybe could alter the environment a little bit more. It, like I think if it was like a like a drone, as in I'm just making up a scenario here, but like say you had like a drone that you could also power up with new abilities that could help you unlock parts of the world. Uh, okay, I I could maybe be okay with that, but. Maybe the way that I'm picturing it is just kind of like, eh. I feel like if the drone was out the whole time, I wouldn't like that. But if it's something that you, like, pop out for special scenarios or special puzzles where you need it, I feel like that that has potential. But if it's out all the time, I feel like that is going to hinder just the Metroid atmosphere, which, I mean, inherently you need to be isolated at least some points of the adventure for a Metroid adventure. I mean, even Prime 3, which is, you know, very cinematic and you interact with a lot of characters... Most of that game, you're on your own. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I that's think, my thoughts on that. I think I just can't get the Axiom Verge drone out of my head as, like, a template for how you would use it. Um, so, I, I don't know. I mean, my initial thought, no, I wouldn't be dying to see that. But, I mean, I'll 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 try anything once. You know what I mean? I, I'll, if it's... And I would love to be proven wrong. So, um, okay, let's move on. This is from our pal Big Griffin only and uh it's a great question here would a third pursuer type enemy be too much so the 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 gist behind this question a pursuer type enemy as in an unstoppable enemy that that hunts samus and you're not really powerful enough to you know to combat it so obviously the first instance of that would be the sax second instance of that would be the emmys would it could the third time be the charm or, or kind of have we ran that gimmick into the ground a little bit i i think for now we've kind of run that gimmick into the ground i feel like maybe especially if we're getting a fusion remake as well which are, both of us think that we're getting that at some point and so I, I feel like maybe not not saying we can't do it again but maybe for now you know what let's try to think of some new ideas for like a penultimate antagonist because while the Emmy and SAX are absolutely different enough, like they're clearly like based on very similar philosophies and yeah. very, you know, the Emmy in particular is very much influenced by the SAX. Yeah. And I think having another thing that's in that same light just might just like, oh, okay, well, here we go again. More. I feel like, I feel like Metroid 6 has to do something new and unique when it comes to that, um, that penultimate threat. When it comes to that. That big, um, that big gimmick, that big selling point of that game. I agree. Yeah, uh, I think you basically took the words out of my mouth. I would be open to having like a sequence, almost like the Diggernaut uh, sequence in Samus Returns, where like you have to run away, like an escape sequence, basically from an enemy. But but that in like a very specific uh, sequence mm-hmm. in the game, not like a gameplay gimmick that that lasts the whole game. I think I that, would love I would love another dig or not escape sequence. By the way, that's one of yeah. my favorite parts of Samus Returns. I, I'm like I love those sequences in the Ori games. Like I, I think that they're great, um, but they're they're like small sample sizes, right? It's not like a it's not like an encompassing thing that you do the entire game. I I think you're right. 
I think Metroid Fusion is going to get remade at some point. And I think that will be and should be the realization of the Pursuer gimmick in its full potential. And I've, I've pitched my idea before about how I think it should go with like Emmy Zones mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I think that'd be sweet. But yeah, we, uh, we both pitched it with uh, Joey Ferris. And if you haven't seen that episode, you should definitely check it out. In the archives right now at OmegaMetro.com. Um, but I, I think that I think that would be a good point to like say to people like, okay, this is this is the the pursuer enemy. Like the, this is the peak of the mountain when it comes to this kind of idea. And like we're not going to touch this again. Not to say that there shouldn't be enemies that you know will will hunt Samus and stuff like that. I'm sure. I would imagine a Metroid Six. There's going to be some people coming after Samus because of her Metroid abilities. But I I think as like an entire like gimmick. Uh, that that the game is based around we could probably retire it for now i just got a random idea and this is somewhat on topic somewhat off off topic but i had an idea for like a metroid prime hunters too what if they just went full john wick with it and just have like i don't know like the continental of bounty hunters like all just trying to go after like a huge bounty on samus and samus being the baba yaga of course sounds better than metroid prime hunters one <laughs> i'll tell you that uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, actually, I want to stick with Metroid Fusion since we brought it up. Here's right. a question. I haven't. I haven't even posted this yet. I'm writing it as we speak. But this is my question to you: Does Metroid Fusion being on Nintendo Switch Online lessen the chances of a remake happening on Nintendo Switch? I don't think so. No. Nope. You don't. Okay. Nope. I, I think, well, because at the end of the day, they're going to be two vastly different games. I mean, if you if you think about it, like, they put Super Mario 64 on NSO Online expansion after the 3D All-Stars collection came out. And that was before, actually, no, that was after the physical, no, that was after the digital edition got delisted, but the physical copies were still in stores at this point. And, I mean, and it's very much still the original N64 ROM, whereas the, um, the, uh, all-Stars version was a slightly upscaled version of the uh, the Shinzo copy. So, yeah, I don't I don't think that really makes that much of a difference. At the end of the game, they're at the end of the day, they're fun, fundamentally different games and gameplay styles. You know, it's I, I like to think of it as like um Dracula X and the um uh, and Dracula X Chronicles on the PSP. Like obviously one is a remake of the original game, but at the end of the day, they're two fundamentally different games. I actually do think that it drops the chances. Not not like substantially, but like maybe by like five percent or ten percent or something like that. Like I, I actually think that it, it does have an impact because I think that you could you could look at like if, if Nintendo were to announce a Metroid Fusion remake and obviously it would look great, it would play different and have a like it would be a completely different game, you're correct. But I think enough people might be like I'm not spending like uh 80 bucks Canadian on this new game when I can play Metroid Fusion on NSO for for nothing. Well, I guess not for nothing, but you know what I mean. I'm dumb. There's an even better example right on NSO Don't that never Link's even occurred Awakening. to me. I, I, was, I was about to say, say Link's, Link's, Link's ta- Awakening. Let me tell you why that is not applicable. Because, because Link's Awakening on NSO released after the remake like four years after the remake so everyone that wanted to play Link's Awakening the remake had a chance to get it and then the original comes 
after the fact. Like, I think if they, I think if Metroid Fusion Remake came out last year, it makes total sense to have Metroid Fusion, the original, come out on NSO. But because, like, like listen, I've, I've heard this argument all the time in the Zelda side because the Oracle games are coming, uh, Link's Awakening is coming, and or is already there. So I, I think it's a big difference, like, when it releases. Like, context is important. So it came way after Link's Awakening was already out. Link's Awakening, the remake, has sold what it's going to sell. It's not, you know, much like Metro Dread. It's not going to move another million units. So, like, it doesn't really matter if you're releasing Link's Awakening DX on NSO. I do think that if they release the Oracle games, for example, on NSO, and which they are going to, they're coming... And mm-hmm. then they're just like, hey, here's the Oracle of Seasons and, and Ages remake. I think that takes away from the amount of people that would go and buy those remakes. Especially if, I mean, listen, The Link's Awakening remake, it's a really charming, fun game. But it is a one for one. Like, there, there's almost no added content. Like, very, very little. Um, very little added content. Maybe the Dungeon Maker, <laughs> but that, that's not much. So I think if it was a remake like that, that's even less incentive to, to go and buy it. And I don't think well, a Metroid don't, Fusion remake yeah. would be that, but... Uh, it's going to be... I feel like it's going to be similar in the style of, like, Zero Mission and Samus Returns, where I, they're I very too. much, like, reimaginings. I, I do, too. But, I, like, I, I think if they like, if they remade, like, the Oracles, for example, and, like, those were pretty much just, like, mm-hmm. nicer, prettier, more quality-of-life-friendly, like, ports... Or not ports, but remakes... I think that like those two original games being on NSO, I think that does lessen the chances of, of them happening. Um, so I don't know. I like I said, I don't think it's a substantial drop. Like I, I if I were to put the chances of a Metroid Fusion remake happening at seventy percent, and Metroid Fusion is now on NSO, I might say, well, okay, now I think it's only like sixty percent. So I, I guess my thing is like I just don't think it has any influence on it at all whatsoever. That doesn't necessarily mean. That I think a fusion is fusion remake is guaranteed to happen. I think it's happening personally. I know you think it's happening, mm-hmm. but like if a fusion remake isn't happening, I don't think that like fusion appearing on NSO is a, a sign of it. I don't think that's like factored in, in to, to Nintendo's decision making at all. No, I, I'm not saying that Nintendo is like, well, we're not remaking fusion, so I'm gonna we're gonna release this game on NSO. I just I think that I don't know. I I feel like that does just lessens the chances just slightly for me for, for some reason. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But uh, we'll see, I guess. Um, okay, next one here. Should Samus's suit be customizable in future Metroid games? This is from Dak. I don't know. I, I, I kind of... I go back and forth on this, actually, because I feel like on one hand, I, I really like the idea of customizing like uh, a suit for Samus. And I think it could be really fun. Kind of like in Breath of the Wild, how you can like get all the different outfits for, for Link and stuff like that. Like I, I think that that could be like really fun and really rewarding as a gameplay mechanic, actually, especially if the different pieces had different like utility and maybe, maybe they go full Breath of the Wild and you can mix and match. You could find like that different helmet, different shoulder pads, different bottoms, and like you can mix and match your suits. I, I think that could be really fun. But I also, I do think that there is something to be said for like, Finding a suit in Metroid right now feels, like, monumental. And, like, the look of the, the individual suits feels, like, fairly like fairly important. And I, the abilities, more so, that you get with the suits are, like, game-changing abilities. And I don't know if you were to customize your suit that you could tie those game-changing abilities to that. Like, I, I think it would be closer to what Breath of the Wild did, where, like, maybe one is kind of heat-resistant. Maybe one is kind of lightning-whatever, right? Like, I don't know. What do you think? 
I, I'm in total agreement there. And I feel like, you know, I, I think the monumentalness of it, that's not a real word, word I made that up, but like that, uh, that kind of impact that the suit that the suit gets, it almost feels like when you get a new suit, that's like a new chapter of the game. It almost feels like, you know, in, in Metroid Prime Remastered, for example, you know, you know, once you get the various suit, that's like, okay, we're now like, this is the beginning of the game. This We're taking the training wheels off now. Now we're about to really get in, get into this. And then you get the gravity suit. And then right after that, you do the wreck ship and you go to phase on mines. And then that's like, all right, we're done pulling punches. Mm-hmm. We're really into this now. And then the phase on suit is kind of like, all right. We're at the final end game collectible now. We just got to do this, and then it's on to the last last couple of bosses. And I feel like, and I feel like that's true for like almost every Metroid game, except for maybe the first two, really. And right. I feel, and you know, I feel, I feel like, I feel like taking away that might take away something special. But at the same time, I'm not gonna lie. I do think customizing stuff in Breath of the Wild, and honestly, Super Mario Odyssey as well, and those yeah, don't even yeah, get good points. But, like, I love customizing the way Mario looks in Super Mario Odyssey. Yeah. And, you know, all of the re- all of the cool references. Like, when I unlocked the Mario 64 icon at the end of the game, I was like, yo, that's sick. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and so, yeah, I don't know. Having, at the very least, I hope that more Metroid games would have, like, unlockable stuff like, the you know, the Fusion Suit and Prime. Yeah. And stuff like that. Fusion, fusion Mode and Samus Turns without an Amiibo, hopefully. But, like... I, I would be, I would absolutely be down for alternate skins, maybe stuff that's customizable in game as well. But I'd have to be pitched. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna say I would like to see it in a in a Breath of the Wild style. Like I would be down to see it. Let Let's try it. You know why not? Okay. We, yeah. We we've tried like the the finding the light suit, the phase on suit, like and those are awesome. Those rock. But like. Why not? Let's try it, and if it sucks, we don't bring it back to, for for Metroid Seven, right, or whatever. Now, the only the only kind of bummer about this is like, I don't know that you would really. I mean, I don't think you, I think it would be kind of wasted in a Metroid Prime game, right? Like, because because you really never see yourself. Um, and I, I, I like I think it'd be better in two D Metroid, but even then, it's it, like there's something about like a three D action game where you can see your character a little bit more clear and a little bit uh, just a little bit more so it doesn't quite have the same it wouldn't be like a one-for-one experience like mario odyssey or like breath of the wild um so that mm-hmm. that might hold it back a little bit but i, I you know what? i say let's try it why the heck not try i'm down for that that's the pitch i needed let's just try it once and see what happens yeah and you know what, if it if it sucks whatever we get rid of it and we don't talk about it again I mean, hey, worst case scenario, I mean, that one decision isn't going to be as bad as other M or Federation Force, right? And and honestly, like, if it really <laughs> sucks, I'm sure that there would probably be, like, a suit that you... Like, like in Breath of the Wild, for example, you can you can unlock, like, your classic tunic and your whatever, right? Like in, Yeah, like, worst, worst case scenario, you just don't use it. You just stick yeah, to the default options. Maybe you unlock, like, the classic various suit or, like, the cla- like a, a really nice suit and you're like, you know, I'm... I don't want this gimmick suit. I'm just going to leave this suit yeah. on the rest of the game. And I think that'd be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you're some weirdo who plays Mario Odyssey and you're like, no, I just want the, the red shirt and blue overalls and nothing else. Keep all that away from me. You, you can do that. that there's a couple weird. of, there's a couple of bonus stars or moons, I guess in that game where you do need to change into an outfit briefly to get access to it. But like, otherwise, yeah, you can, you can stay in the OG Mario colors throughout the whole game. Yeah. Um, okay. Last one. And then we're going to sign off. This is from yours truly. 
Should Metroid Prime 4 do away with missable scans? So this is assuming, obviously, that the scan visor comes back in Metroid 4, which I, I feel like is a pretty safe assumption. Maybe I'm wrong. But assuming that the scan visor comes back in that game, should we have an opportunity to go and get all of our scans, no matter when, no matter what, no matter where we are in the game? And I say this because I think a lot of people listening to this probably experienced something along the lines of like, what the heck am I missing for 100% scans in, in Metroid Prime Remastered? Ah, it's Flogra's tentacle! God! Well, on one hand, I think that encourages you to replay the game, which is important. Um, on the other hand, like, I, I do, I can see that being a little bit frustrating. So, I, I actually, I, you know, I pose this question. I'm not 100% sure where I stand on this. I, I think my, I'm leaning towards, like, yes, you should be able to go and get all the scans, no matter when, no matter where. But I do, I mean, I guess if the argument, if your only argument is, well... If, if you take that away, then it decourages replayability. Think of something else to encourage replayability, like new difficulty modes or new, I don't know, something. So I guess I'm leaning towards, yes, it should be, there should be no more missable scans in Metroid Prime 4. But I'm, I'm not like, I'm not like close the book sold on it. I don't know. I, I think it's fine the way it is, if I'm being honest. I don't know if that's like a <laughs> a controversial opinion or not, but like I, I feel like Metroid Prime Three like introduced a perfect compromise where it's like, hey, you know what? All your scans carry over to your next save file. You're good. So the next time you you replay that, it's not like you have to do every single scan again. You can just focus on the stuff that you missed. I think that's totally fine. Right. If I'm if I'm being honest, honestly, uh... my 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 ultra controversial opinion. I wish there was an option to where you could restart your same save file without any scans so that you could rescan everything again without having to do a new file. I wish that was an option, but that's... Mm. I, I'm a weirdo that likes to scan. What can I say? Yeah, I, um... I, I think I'm gonna... I think I'm gonna still side on, on the... Because, like, I feel like while... While, like, I don't mind, like, replaying and, like, re... You know, redoing and rescanning everything like that... I think for, like, a less engaged Metroid... Maybe, like, a casual Metroid Prime 4 fan, they're just going to be like, this is ridiculous. Like, I'm, I've am i played, you know, maybe 20 hours of this game and I can't get 100% scans. Like, um, that, that seems a little bit silly to me. I do think, like, for bosses, like, yeah, obviously, if you should scan them right then and there. Maybe those are the exceptions. Like, you have your one chance to scan the boss and if you miss it, Sorry. I think I think that's fair. Yeah, boss boss scans absolutely should stay that way, but like I, I mean I wouldn't do away with like the, the tentacles of the world or like like the barbed uh the barbed wasps. Like I think those should be able to be scanned. Well I well I'm fine with that because that's like a part of the boss fight. So I'm like I'm fine with that. But like um you know stuff like the uh, that one pirate log that's on Frigidorfian that you can't go back or the uh, the notorious ice shriek bats that I oh. I actually almost messed that up on my first run. I did mess that up on my first run. <laughs> like um and, and especially and especially with ice shriek bats in particular because like unless yeah. you already know you're just going you're probably just going to assume oh those are shriek bats I've already scanned those duh like <laughs> yep that's what I did uh, like like. I think, like, the silly ones you should get rid of. Let's, let's just yeah. compromise and say that. Like, those I kind agree. of ones, like the Aqua Drone, like, th those ones, it's like, come on. Like, I should yeah. be able to scan these no matter what. Like, bosses, okay. Like, uh, you know what? 
I'm in a boss fight. I I should know that like, hey, I'm probably gonna smoke this guy. I should scan him now while I have my opportunity. But yeah, I, I do feel like I like it would be kind of frustrating too. Like imagine if there was some like missile expansions that you could only get at specific points in the game, and it's like, eh, what? Come on. So I I think I I do lean towards if it's if it's one or the other, like completely one or the other. I would lean towards no missable scans, but I think that there's like a common sense, like bosses. Okay. But other than that, like regular enemies, I think you should be able to scan those all the time and pirate lore and pirate data and Jozo, whatever. Like I think all of that. And I, th- I think another thing as well, when it comes to like the severity of each, like I, I feel like items are a bit different at least because at least in the prime series, items basically give you you know extended endings and 100 yeah. percent gives you you know the dark samus ending whereas scans it just unlocks concept art and models and you know more of the soundtrack and prime remastered so it's not quite as serious but yeah but like i like i feel like you want 100 percent that and like i i think i think it would be frustrating to like if i wasn't like a hardcore metroid nerd that i i already knew i was going to replay metroid prime remastered as soon as i was redone would i really would i really want to be like Oh man, I'm gonna play this all over again so I can get like the the last little bit of the soundtrack or whatever. Like maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. I would probably err on the side most people wouldn't, but I don't know. I guess it's a uh, it's a question that uh, that I would love to hear people's opinion on. Uh, anyways, okay. I think our I think our compromise is a fair solution. I do personally. too. Yeah, I, I do too. Maybe maybe there is a boss rush mode even where you could get your scans. I don't know. That's that's cheating. Who knows? Um, okay. Well, that's it. We, uh, we, we've answered all of our questions for today. We are going to get out of here. This was fun, Doom. It was good to be back on the show after a week off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Recharged and refueled. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay. Well, uh, we hope that you guys are going to check us out over on Twitter at Omega Metroid Pod. I am at Spateri316. Doom is at Doominal Cross. And we are at OmegaMetroid.com where you can check out all the latest Metroid news, guides, maps, pieces opinion pieces stuff like that check us out over there we've got all kinds of metroid content going on um we're over on youtube where you can catch these full length episodes you can look at our beautiful faces and once we work out some bugs we're going to be streaming on youtube uh for the foreseeable future but we we had a few technical hiccups so we'll we'll work on that but but in the meantime don't forget to like and subscribe and click the bell notification and everything that all the other youtubers tell you to do that's right you know the drill wherever you get your podcast like subscribe recommend us to that metroid fan in your life head on over to Bandcamp, download our banger of a theme song. It's free. It's free, so you have no excuse. 100% free. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's enough shilling. We are going to get out of here. Actually, I'm going to shill one more thing. We're going to talk about the Super Mario Bros. movie over on Patreon soon, so check us out there. A uh, couple bucks will get you access to that show, plus so many more shows. Plus, we got the new series going on, which I was very excited about, the, uh, the Great Metroid Area Ranking. We got two areas ranked so far. We're ranking two more this month. So it's, it's going to be fun. We're ranking every single area in the series. So uh, drop us, uh, support us on Patreon if you can, and you can get a lot of good bonus content. Okay, that's it. We are out of here. Until next week, everybody, take care.